So we're in a series called Be the Church, and um, it's important that we spend a lot of time in this because we need to make that distinction that the church is who we are, not just something that we do. And, and we live a lot of times thinking, what churches i got to do, I'm going to go and do. But you are the church, 24-7, you're the church. Um, so it's about people, the church is about people, and because it's about people, it's about relationships. And we spent these 20 weeks talking about all these different kinds of relationships. And now, in the last couple of weeks, we started talking about our relationship with the future people of God. Um, those who don't yet know Jesus. And um, I, I've, that's mission. That's what we're all about. Um, but there are some things that we need to think about and see differently in order to really engage in mission the way we're called to. And, and so I've been challenging us um, uh, to see and think more like Jesus in what's going on. And, and so we, we have to take some time to look at things. Last week, we talked about agape love. So agape love is different than what we're used to because it's not about us. It's a love that we give away. It's modeled to us by Jesus. And it allowed Jesus in, in that whole ring. When he saw people, he just loved on them where they were at. And he could see the beauty of their potential. And it made a difference in the way that he ministered to them and reached out to them. And we need to operate in this world in that way. Today, I'm going to bring up another subject. And I, I really want you to ponder this one this week because it, it will challenge you in some areas. Um, but it's the idea of that, that we live in a, in a cosmic battle. That's what's going on all around us. And we need to be aware of that. And it needs to challenge the way that we look at things. And so we're going to dig into that together today. A couple of bad jokes and then we'll press in because that's what I do in the transition. To find the gender of an ant, put it in water. If it sinks, girl ant. If it floats, boy ant. Okay. I know, I know. It's okay, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wondered why my why music was coming from my printer. Apparently, my paper was jamming. I know, I know. I'm pressing in. I got a lot to cover here. Boom, boom. Scripture reading. Uh, apologies for the jokes to the visitors. Sorry. Here we go. Scripture reading. This is the good stuff. Ephesians six ten through twelve. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now that goes on in context, and that's where the armor of God would come in next, how God prepares us for this battle. But what I want you to see is Paul talks about the reality that we're in a battle, and that this battle is not against flesh and blood, which is how we tend to think about things, but it's against, what does he say, authorities, rulers, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the, the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm. Here's where this begins a challenge, I think, is that we tend culturally not to view things in that dynamic. We look at situations and, and events and things that are happening in the world around us, and we tend to think of them in sort of flesh and blood sort of situations instead of realizing that there is a dark force at work that's directing all these things. There's an evil force behind all of these things that are happening that we can tell are not good. Um, that's what's going on in the world around us. We have a very real enemy. 
And, and yet we, we don't generally think of it that way and we get very narrowed in culturally and we just kind of look at, at a, a different level of those things, flesh and blood level, instead of the bigger picture. But Jesus, and that's what I'm saying, I want to challenge you to look more like Jesus. Jesus was full on aware of this conflict and he ministered to people in light of this ongoing battle that was all around us in the process. So we need to really look at life that way and see how, how big of a difference that makes in the way they do this. So the first thing that we, we have to sort of really take in is that we are in fact in a cosmic battle. It's real. It happens. That's why we have the armor. Bible tells us that there's a spiritual battle going on and it's happening now culturally. Maybe we might not understand how that fits today, but it's absolutely real. And Jesus tells us in this battle, there are two kingdoms at work. Matthew 12, 22 through 28. Then they brought him a demon possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it's by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So in that passage, we see Jesus clearly points out there's two kingdoms that are in conflict. There's the enemy's kingdom, the kingdom of the evil one, and there's the kingdom of God. Now, another thing that you have to sort of get a hold of is that when we, I say that word kingdom, culturally, you probably start to think of a geography, um, like, you know, because we don't, we can't relate to it very well today. So we think like the United Kingdom might come. So maybe we're talking about a place, a geography, or maybe we're talking about, you know, the people that are in there. But that's not what happens with the Bible. When the Bible talks about a kingdom, it's always talking about rule and reign, authority, rule and reign. And, and so when you read that word kingdom in the Bible, you need to think that way. It changes things because a lot of you are thinking like ge- geography or, whoa, that's talking about heaven. It's not. It's about God's rule and reign. So like the verse that's on the wall up there, Matthew six thirty three, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What's his kingdom that we're seeking? His rule and his reign to happen now. All right. So these, these kingdoms are in conflict. Another important thing that you need to know is that because of the cross, we are absolutely assured of victory in this battle. The battle has, in effect, been won at the cross, and it's significant that we get a hold of that. But you need to know that things happen in stages. And, and so it causes us to live in tension, and we don't like tension. And we, we, we don't. We like it this way or this way, but there's this tension that you have to understand that exists in this battle. Look what happens here. Paul says this, For as in Adam, 1 Corinthians 15:22, all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits. That's talking about when Jesus comes the first time, when he came the first time, the firstfruits. Then when he comes, that's talking about his return. We're waiting on him coming back. We're aware of that. Those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the the father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he's put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is 
death. So things are happening in stages in, in the sovereignty of God. Jesus has come. Jesus is going to come back. When Jesus came the first time, he inaugurated the kingdom. The kingdom is here in part. The kingdom is upon us. When he comes back, he's going to consummate the kingdom. And that means that everything will be um, put right and restored. And, and he's going to destroy all of that dark stuff that we talked about. All those things will finally be put to end. He's going to put them all under his feet. Death, he says at the end. That's the last thing he's going to go after. Well, you know, what's death? Where does death come from? Paul said that the wages of sin is death. So, so sin uh, is, is the reason behind that. That's why death entered the world, because of sin. Where, where did that come from? This way back in the fall, right? Uh, and then um, what's the source of, of sin? Is, uh, you know, where does it come from? It comes from evil. It comes from the enemy. And so those three things, you know, sin, death, and the evil one, that's what's going to be ultimately destroyed when Jesus comes back. And, and he was dealt, the enemy was dealt a, a final blow, if you would, a, a, a defeat at the cross, but he still is, is pressing on with his battle. He's still taking it on. When, um, so, and that's where people will struggle sometimes. So the, the analogy, it falls apart a little, but an analogy is this. When in World War II, Alice and I, we like to watch history channel. We watch a lot of documentaries. And we, we spend a lot of time watching stuff on World War II. And uh, it's fascinating. I, I often think of it, you know, um, when I was younger, it used to seem like it happened forever ago. But for some reason now that I'm not quite so young, it doesn't seem like very long ago. And uh, I, I watch it. And on D-Day, when the Allies landed, in effect, in, in, in the land, when they made that beachhead, when they made it, that was the battle was over. Uh, in, in effect, they had won the battle. They were going to be victorious. There was no way to stop them at that point. They had won. It was a tremendous victory. However... Um, it took another nine months before everything was wrapped up. And it was a horrific nine months. It was a constant battle because the enemy refused to surrender. Even though he was beaten, there was no way out. He refused to surrender. Well, in, in a cosmic scale, that's what happened. At the cross, our enemy has been defeated, but he has not yet departed. He's refused to surrender and give in. And he's trying now to take as many people down with him as he can. That's his whole deal. It's his job description. Remember in John 10, it says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's all about. That's what he's trying to do. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. And so you see these conflict. These, these kingdoms are in conflict. These two different sort of things happening. And, and Jesus has absolutely won this battle for us at the cross. But the battle continues on and we need to be aware of that in order to see how important it is for us to be about the business of the Lord in the process and um, listen to this this is after Jesus has risen from the dead just so you know first John five nineteen. we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one so I don't know if you skip over that verse sometimes, but that's pretty significant. All the, the powers and principalities and all those things, the, the evil one still has control over the whole world. That's what it says. And, and uh, Jesus doesn't dispute that. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the temptations? When G and the enemy tried to give Jesus a shortcut and said, this is all mine. I'll give it to you if you just do this. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he quoted scripture. There was another way that he was going to win back authority. But, but the enemy has that right now. Where did he get it? At the fall. When our ancestors chose to fall uh, into sin by being deceived by him, 
they gave away the authority that God had given us. The initial authority over creation was given to us to, to walk in communion with God and do it with Him. And we surrendered it in the temptation and the enemy got it. And, and He's hung on to it. Now, it was, it was taken again at the cross and yet the enemy hasn't surrendered everything yet. And he's still doing things around us. And the big thing He's trying to do is to keep people blinded to the truth. Now, how do we fight this battle? How's this battle fought? that we're engaged in because we're in a battle and I like to think of it this way it's it's like Jesus parachuted it's an analogy parachuted um, behind enemy lines and got himself there and then he started gathering followers and he showed them what to do and he began to send them out on a mission of taking back and taking from the enemy territory he's taking ground back that's his mission and then that continued to pass on that's the church's mission we're taking back from the enemy how are we doing that well when Jesus described his ministry this is what he said he said the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's the gospel. We talk about that here all the time. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This was what Jesus, how he described his ministry. And so that's what he did. He began to set captives free. What were they in captivity to? The enemy who was in control of everything. Jesus began to break through that and began to make a way for them to be set free, free because of the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom, when Jesus came, he inaugurated. I said that. When he comes back, he consummates it. Everything's going to get... But, but we live in this tension, but the kingdom breaks through all the time. It broke through at the cross, and it breaks through all the time. We see, we pray for people, and we see things take place, and we see God touch them. Changed lives is an, is an evidence of the kingdom breaking through now. How many people here would say that since you've met Jesus, your life has been changed? It's, amen, right? It's an evidence that the kingdom breaks through all the time. Uh, but, but we can't sit here and say that we're perfect already, because we're not. Because we're, we're still in the midst of this whole thing going on. We need to be aware of that. But we've been changed because the kingdom has broken through. And that's what we're praying for in faith all the time, that the kingdom continues to break through. So when we pray for somebody that's in captivity or in bondage or sick or anything, we're asking God, would you heal them now? Would you break through now uh, in, into this whole battle and, and do the things that you do? And so we're supposed to do that because Jesus says, go and do that. The, the, this, this passage is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Because he took it back at the cross. He's got it. Praise God. Therefore, in my authority now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm sending you out in my authority to go and make disciples. You start bringing people in. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to be with you in this battle. I got you. Let's go and do it in the whole process. And that's what's taking place. And, and so because of that victory, Jesus has authority. And in his authority now, we're going and we go to set people free from the captivity that they're in. Because that's what happened to us that are following Jesus. Something happened so that we could be set free from that captivity. I, don't, I lived under that captivity for 25 years. And when he set me free, it changed everything. I don't know your story, but it's like... I want everybody to be free from that mess that the enemy tries to keep on us where he just steals and kills and destroys. I, I don't want anybody to get stuck there. See, and that's what motivates us in the kingdom to do what we're going to do. And I want you to hear this. And you've got to think about this. And you've got to think about this pretty deep. You always need to know that God is good. 
God is always good. God is only good. The psalmist says in Psalm 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. So God is always good. So here's, here's the thing. If something is not good, it's not God. And you say, well, that's obvious. Well, it's not. Because sometimes, because we don't like to live in this tension... And, 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 and we get that God is good, but we also know that God is sovereign. That's another part of His character. And we wonder sometimes why things happen. Well, God, why is this happening? Or why didn't you do something about this? Or what's going on in the process? Well, when something bad happens, what you have to know is always know that God is good, but it's a fallout of this battle that's still going on around us. This battle is very real. And, and the enemy has not yet departed, defeated but not departed. He's still in, and he's still trying to do whatever he can to take down all that he can, to blind those, to hamper the lives of the saints. It's an ongoing battle that we have to be aware of. So we don't... Here's what happens. And the enemy's behind it. See, the goodness of God is simple. I want you to know it's simple. It's not complicated at all. God is good. If it's not good, it's not God. But the sovereignty of God's complicated. Because he came and he's coming back. It's something that we can't get a hold of. Why it's happening in this area like that. And, and that, you know, the reality is that God's giving people an opportunity to choose how, who they're going to serve and how they're going to live. And, and we don't like that tension. And so we struggle with it. And the very enemy then has put those things in people's minds where they begin to doubt the goodness of God because they think the sovereignty of God should be simple. But the reality is it's the sovereignty that's complicated and the goodness of God is simple. And so we need to be aware of that. Too many people have sort of taken into this thing that something bad happened. Well, that was God's will. And then they get mad at God. And I think the enemy just has a field day because it was him behind it all. And they're blaming God for it and they're withdrawing. But see, the, the thing that we struggle with in this whole concept is at, at this point in time, because of the battle, God's will is not always done yet. It's just not. If it was, we wouldn't have this prayer that he gave us. And this was a prayer for us uh, in the process. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. So important that we know how to pray like you. How you should pray this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. That's your rule and your reign. Let that come and be done now on earth as it is in heaven. Why are we to pray that? Because it doesn't always happen right now because of this battle that's engaging. Will it eventually? Absolutely. God's got this thing. He's got you. If you're in his hands, you're his child. You're going to be with him forever. Does that mean we get a pass on hard stuff? No, because this battle goes on around us. But when something horrible happens, don't just think, oh, then it's, it's God's fault. It's not. It's the enemy. And, and I think that motivates us. When you get a hold of that, that's why I need you to think about that. When you get a hold of that, that motivates you then to go and to love people with the good news and the gospel and to pray for them and encourage them because you realize they're just victims in a battle. They don't even know what's happening around them, but you do. And, and so we have to love them well. We have to have that agape love so we can go and, and meet people where they're at and not make them feel judged and criticized and hated. And all. But we have to go in. And, and in our culture, this is even crazier than it used to be, you know, because we, we got a bad rap. And, uh, but God is good. And you have to trust Him. So you need to think about that. Because I think too often people have settled with something bad and they sort of pinned it on God. And you need to know, God's goodness is simple. God is always good. Sovereignty is more complicated because it's coming in stages. And, and He's coming. 
and yet we're in this process. We're in between. All right. So, so that's kind of where we have to hang in that process in order to understand this whole dynamic. And, and, uh, and so hang in there uh, and remember that we're in a cosmic battle. And what we do is this, that we use God's power, the power he's given us to demonstrate God's love. I love that. So that's what it's all about. And, and we want people to know his love and his goodness so they come to love on him and get set free. That's the battle. All right, I've got more to talk about, but that's enough for today in the process. So ministry team, if you're here, why don't you head over to the wall. If you need prayer for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. Let me pray for you as a group. Papa, thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. And I... I pray, God, that you would help us just to spend time thinking about this. To, to be able to hold on to, without question, that you're good in the midst of any circumstance that we face. And, and then, Lord, in this waiting time until your return, that you would empower us and equip us and send us to go and take back territory from the enemy, setting captives free so they might come to know you, God, and have life with you. And God, change us in this whole process. We want to see like you and think like you in this world. And as we do, let it not only impact us, but the world around us for you. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got going on. As we were worshiping earlier, um, someone here just had some memories, and it was, they, were, they were good memories of God doing things, but you've been sort of distant since, and those memories were getting stirred up, and God is just calling you back and encouraging you to plug back in and, and to, to get back into the, that flow with Him in your life. And so if that's you, you might need to go and ask for someone to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior today, let's take care of that too. Humility and faith. In humility, we just uh, get before God and we admit that we're broken. Like everybody else here, we've sinned. We ask Him to forgive us, which He'll do. And then in faith, we invite and accept Jesus into our heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want to encourage you to do it very right now. You can absolutely do it by yourself. Or you can go and ask somebody for help to say, Hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll know what you mean and they'll help you through that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Uh, draw people into the 11 o'clock service, God, so they can hear about your amazing love for them as well. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all bless.
Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Be safe on the roads. Get out there, catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.